in the book of Exodus this morning, chapter number 18. And uh, let's look in verse number 13 this morning. Exodus chapter number 18 and verse number 13. If you're there, say amen. amen. The Bible said, And it came to pass on the morrow that Moses sat to judge the people. And the people stood by Moses from the morning unto the evening. And when Moses' father-in-law saw all that he did to the people, he said, What is this thing? that thou doest to the people, why sittest thou thyself alone, and all the people stand by thee from morning unto even. Moses said unto his father-in-law, Because the people come unto me to inquire of God. When they have a matter, they come unto me, and I judge between one and another, and I do make them know the statutes of God and his laws. And Moses' father-in-law said unto him, The thing that thou doest is not good. Notice what he says here in verse number 18. Thou wilt surely wear away both thou and this people that is with thee, for this thing is too heavy for thee. Has anybody ever been there? This thing is too heavy for thee. Thou art not able to perform it thyself alone. That's all we'll read for time's sake this morning. If I could, I want to go back to our series and I'll review it in just a moment. But I want to preach this thought the Lord's helped me with in uh, the last couple of days. And I want to preach this morning on what to do in order to maintain strength. What can we do to keep our strength and to maintain strength along this journey? And just like we just read This thing's too heavy for thee. Let me say something right here. You don't have to be going through a great detrimental, some kind of storm or trial for the burden to be too heavy. Did you know just being a Christian in these last hours is a load? Help me somebody. These last hours that we're in, just living for Jesus, it's going to require you to stay strong in the Lord. And so if God will help us, that's what we'll preach to And uh, we'll ask God to help us to this thought this morning. Father, we do love you. We thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to be here. Thank you, Father, Lord, for the good uh, spirit that I feel in my heart this morning. I pray, God, that you would help me, Lord. I pray that you would give me unction and power. Lord, I pray, God, that you would speak to the hearts of your people. Uh, Lord, we're hopeless and helpless without you. So, God, encourage our hearts from the Word of God and help our church this morning. Lord, that we can go another mile and travel another, uh, Lord, another day's journey in this thing that we know as the Christian life. May everything that's said bring honor and glory to your name, which is above every name. Move in this place for a little while. We'll be the first to thank you in Jesus' name and for his lovely sake. And all the Lord's people said, Amen and Amen. You may be seated this morning. I want to take you back, if I could, to chapter number 14. We started a series some time ago, and we looked at chapter number 14, and we preached on this thought, what to do when you're at a standstill. You know the story. God rises, raises up Moses, and Moses goes to Pharaoh. They've been in bondage for 430 years, and the Bible said that Moses takes Israel and leads them out of Egyptian bondage and slavery and captivity. 
The Bible said in chapter number 14 that Moses takes them to a little place, the Bible said between Migdal and the Red Sea. And it was there that God speaks to Moses and says, set up camp right here. Now, the children of Israel, they knew just as well as anybody, we've been in bondage for over 400 years to Pharaoh and his armies. It ain't going to take long. They're going to notice that we're missing. Amen. And sure enough, Pharaoh got to looking around and noticed that all those Israelites were gone. And so the Bible said that Pharaoh and his armies, they began to pursue after the children of Israel. It was just a little ways down the road. And sure enough, the Bible said that Pharaoh and those armies encamped about them. And uh, Israel said, they was a sitting duck, if you will. The Bible said between, uh, where they set up camp between Migdal and the Red Sea, here's all they had. To the north of them, they had the Red Sea. They had the water. Uh, they couldn't cross the water on their own. They didn't have a boat or no means to, to sail across. And to the left was, and to the right was the wilderness. And the end, we know Egypt is always in tight in the picture of the world. And so behind them, where they had just came from, was the world. So they had the water, the wilderness, and the world. They were at a standstill. But we understand that God is really good. Amen. And taking impossible situations and making a way of escape. The Bible said that God spoke to Moses and Moses stretched forth his rod and uh, over that Red Sea and the Red Sea parted. And the Bible said that Moses and the children of Israel went across on dry land. And then when Pharaoh and the Egyptians began to pursue after them, the Bible said that the sea closed up and chapter 15 says it best that the horse and his rider were drowned in the sea. And so what do we do at a standstill? Chapter number 15, immediately after a great victory, God uh, through and by the leader Moses leads the children of Israel to a place called Mara, a place of bitter waters. And so we see what to do uh, uh, when you become stagnant. We understand and remember the story that God, uh, that Moses pursues God and says, Lord, uh, we're all going to thirst to death and die. What am I supposed to do? And the Bible said the Lord showed him a tree. And when that tree was hewn down and uh, that tree fell in those bitter waters of Marah, those bitter waters then became sweet. And so once again, God uh, prevails in the situation of the children of Israel. Well, right after that, victory's another valley. In chapter number 16, we find that uh, they come to what's called the wilderness of sin. And we preached on what to do uh, when in the wilderness of sin it was there, the Bible said that they hungered and they had nothing to eat. And so just like God has always done, He made a way when there seemed to be no way. But the Bible said that He brought them bread in the morning and flesh in the evening. And He met their needs in the wilderness of sin. And we talked about how it's sin that will starve you to death. How many of y'all know you can't come to church and get anything out of preaching? You can't read, open your Bible and read your Bible and get anything out of it. Uh, when you're overcome by sin uh, the old songwriter said it best uh, uh, that sin will either keep you from this book or this book will keep you from sin and so God makes a way in the wilderness of sin, well, uh, sin but shortly thereafter in chapter number 17 we find not only uh, 
did they hunger again or thirst again. But now the people are so upset and they begin to blame and murmur against Moses that they've got rocks in their hands and they're fixing to stone the very one who has led them out of captivity and bondage. And so we said in chapter 17, we preached on what to do when you're in danger of being stoned. And God had a rock in Horeb that Moses went to and the Bible said that same rod that parted the Red Sea, he hit that rock and from that rock flowed rivers of living water and so they got a drink and were satisfied and uh, once again, despite who they are, God has made a way. In chapter number 17, we find the first real physical hands-on battle. Uh, the Bible said when they left that place of Rephidim, uh, uh, where the rock was, uh, uh, when they were going to stone Moses instead, Moses gives them something to drink. They travel from Rephidim, get a little ways down the road, and here comes a man by the name of Amalek. Uh, the Bible lets us know that Amalek, was the grandson, the descendant of Esau. The Bible lets us know that Amalek's whole journey, his whole philosophy was to keep the children of Israel from getting to Canaan's land, which is always a type and a picture of the will of God. And so Amalek is a type of the flesh and the, the fight that me and you fight on a daily basis with this old flesh. Can I say, I said it yesterday, to somebody sitting in the room they said well the devil's doing this and the devil's doing that hear me now we give the devil a lot more credit than he's deserving of did you know your flesh fights you your flesh fights what you're supposed to do for God your flesh don't want to come to church your flesh don't want to live right your flesh don't want to pray my friend it ain't that the devil's hanging off your neck all the time but that person that we look at in the morning each and every day is our own worst enemy and so we looked at chapter 17 Amalek being a type of the flesh and we preached on what to do when at war with self may I say there's a repeated cycle there's a reoccurring of events from chapter 14 to chapter 18 and here's what it is trouble and God brings triumph valley and God brings victory all time lows to all time highs God over and over and over and over again has proven himself to be uh, what he claims to be uh, my friend which is a friend uh, uh, that never leaves nor forsakes uh, uh, with an eye that, ne that never stops seeing uh, he, neither, he neither slumbers nor sleeps and, and so we see that God through the man of God Moses uh, through Aaron, her and Joshua with the sword with a sharp edge in chapter number 17 overcomes the, the war, if you will, against self. They overcome Amalek. The Bible said that they prevailed. Every time that the hand of uh, Moses would go up, Israel would prevail. And every time that the hands were weary and would fall down, uh, the Amalekites would prevail. And so we preached on the importance of the man of God having somebody there to hold his hands up, but not just somebody there to hold his hands up. The Bible said even with them holding his arms up, he had to be, they had to put a rock under him. And how they stand on the rock, how the sword is the word of God. And 
and we looked at all that so I believe it's safe to say this morning uh, that Israel has learned from chapter number 14 to chapter number 18 how to be strong in the Lord uh, can I say we just come out of camp meeting and boy I, I don't know about y'all but I, I'm strengthened I, I feel like I can go on another mile and I, I boy I'm looking forward to the days ahead and I, I, I wasn't in a bad place when we went into the meeting but I'll be honest I I'm, I've become tired. It ain't no secret. Our church, it's been one war after another. It's been one valley after another. It's been one storm and one test and one trial after another all year long, seems like. But God has given us some strength this past week. But here's what I know about strength. Strength must be maintained. Did you realize that what God has built up in our church over the last few days can be lost in a moment. Did you know that the strength that God has given some of y'all, how many of y'all know that tests and trials and, and, and valleys, they, they're not for our bad, but for our good. Uh, just like David, when he seen Goliath, you want to know why he could overcome Goliath? Because he went backwards and he looked uh, when God had delivered him from a lion and, and God had delivered him from a bear and he knew uh, uh, God brought me through that and brought me through that surely to the Lord. He can bring me through this and, and now that's what storms do. They actually strengthen you, but we must maintain our strength. How many of y'all know you can go to the gym, work out, and lose weight and build muscle? But if you stop going, guess what happens? You start looking like me again. You've got to continually go. Why? I've hit my goal weight, preacher. I, I wanted to get down to such and such, and I, I've hit my max goal. I'm on bench press. I, I want to get 250 pounds. I got 255. And I believe now that I've reached all my goals, I'm strong, I'm healthy, I'm where I need to be, I'm going to go home and sit on the couch and never go back. It don't work that way. How many of y'all today are stronger in the Lord than you were this time last year? That's a blessing. You ought to be. How many of you are stronger today than you were uh, the day you got saved? You ought to be. And if you're not, something's wrong. You say, well, I'm weak. Well, you can get strong. But listen to me. That strength must be maintained. There's things we have to do in order to stay strong. The Bible says this. Can I say this church has to remain strong? The Bible says this in 1 Chronicles 16, 27. Glory and honor in His presence. Listen, strength and gladness are in His place. You don't know why it's important for you to come to church? Well, my God, preacher, we's here every night. I mean, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Monday night, Tuesday morning, Tuesday night, Wednesday morning, Wednesday night, Thursday morning, Thursday night. And, 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 and you expect us to be here at Sunday school? Sure do. You want to know why? Because you've got to maintain your strength. You've got to maintain what God has done. My friend, it's not just enough to get strong Monday through Thursday and then let it all slip away. 
Hey, my friend, we've got to maintain the things that God has done. And church is one form. It's one resource for you and I to maintain our strength. The Bible said that iron sharpeneth iron. Did you know that you can't do nothing and please God without faith? The Bible said, for without faith it is impossible to please God. But you know how to increase your faith? The Bible said that faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. It's important that you Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday all week of a camp meeting all week revival, all Saturday preacher fellowship, whatever we've got going on you are supposed to be here in order to maintain your strength. I'm looking at people that would testify to you that they had to start missing church and it was not because of a choice. They had to because let's use a, a work schedule for example. I know people, uh, there's there, there, there place of employment that switched their schedule up and they had to start missing they were there three services but then it went to two or maybe it went all the way down to one nothing they could do about it had to provide for the family tried to get it switched back and couldn't and they will be the first to tell you like it or lump it that it affects you with your walk with the Lord my friend church is vital preaching is vital this is not just a moral obligation this is not just our religious duty. This is not something that you and I do because we have nothing else to do. But there's a real devil. There's a real enemy. There's a real world. You're fighting real flesh. Uh, my friend, we must be able to overcome sin. We must be able to overcome temptation. We must be able uh, to live unspotted by this world. And if you're not faithful to the church, uh, my friend, you will not make Maintain your strength. And he said, Jethro, the father-in-law here, has told Moses in verse number uh, verse number 18, verse 17, he said unto him, The thing that thou doest is not good, Moses. He said in verse 18, Thou wilt surely wear away both thou, notice this, and this people that is with thee, for this thing is too heavy for thee. Can I say, Jethro, the father-in-law of Moses, he's heard that Moses and the children of Israel have overcome uh, having no water. They've overcome a standstill. They've overcome stagnancy. Uh, they've overcome uh, them almost stoning him. They've overcome uh, all these things. They've overcome the war with self and Amalek. They've overcome. And so he's come to see what's going on. I mean, uh, that's how it works. Well, that church down there is thriving. Let's go check it out. But let me tell you something. When in valley victories and overcoming valleys is not free for him. Moses has had to endure. The children of Israel have had to fight and endure. It's been hard. It's been trying. It's been tempting. You don't think for one minute that Moses thought, my God, I'd rather done something besides this for the Lord. I mean, Moses, the, 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 the stuttering preacher, has just been called and commissioned to go stand before the most powerful man on the whole planet and lead the children of Israel out of bondage, uh, lead them through famine, lead them through hunger, lead them through an all-out all war zone, and he's uh, and he's suffering all along. But thank God, through those storms, they've got strength. Uh, and now Jethro says, "Listen, if this something don't change, you're carrying this thing all along. If something don't give, you'll wear away." Have any of y'all ever been there? Now, don't 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 be too religious to admit it. 
I'm just wore out with this. I mean, I tithe, give the missions, giving special offerings. Seem like I can't make ends meet. Tired of this. I've been faithful to church. I don't miss on Sunday morning, Sunday night, or Wednesday. I pray through the week. I read my Bible. I witness every time I go through a drive-thru and at work. I mean, preacher, I'm doing everything I can do. And I'll be honest with you, it's hard for me to get out of the bed and get to the house of God. I mean, I'm wearing away. Listen, from a pastor's perspective, can I tell you there's been more than once. More, Many, many times. It would probably bother you if you knew how many times I thought, bless God, I'm fixing to raise the white flag I can't do this no more I remember days when I dreaded getting out of the bed to come to church I'm telling you I dreaded coming because I knew it wouldn't be but five or six here and the five or six that was here was looking around thinking what's going wrong I'm telling you I remember the days when I look at my wife she'd look at me and neither one of our hearts was really in it but can I say glory to God and by the grace of God we didn't quit. Hey, and I've got more strength. I've got more of a walk to and a desire now than I've ever had. Just keep going. Don't wear away. Don't quit. You've got to fight to survive and you've got to maintain strength. You cannot quit this morning. You can't get burnt out. You know that is a thing. Being weary in well-doing is a thing. People don't want to talk about that, but can I say you can be doing everything right and be so tired of it you can't stand it? Yep. Amen. Yes, Brother Jared was sharing his heart with us this past week, and I, 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 I'm sure all evangelists feel this way. I don't, I, I've never lived a life on the road. I travel, but I don't live on the road. Miss Vicky and y'all are here, so you would know this more than me, but he was talking about being so tired of always having to be here and be there. Man, it's just, I've heard this, and I believe it just from the little bit I've traveled. The life of an evangelist is the most loneliest life in the world. There's no consistency. They love us, and we're, we, we love them, but guess what? We're not going to see them again for two or three, four or five, six months. Are you with me? They don't get a church family every week. They get strangers. Come on, somebody. And they get familiar with churches, but it's not church family. They don't get the consistency of, okay, it's Sunday morning, Sunday school. It's Sunday morning, 11 o'clock. We get to go to our family. We're going to go out to eat with our church family. And, and then when the storms hit, they get to come in on Wednesday with our church family that's watching them struggle and, and watching them prevail and watching them struggle and watching them conquer. And they don't get all those things. I can only imagine how weary it must be. But can I say this? I'm glad to know that ain't neither one of them that I'm talking about this morning, they ain't quit yet. Right. Amen. 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 Don't wear away. Jethro's telling the father-in-law of Moses, he's telling him, he said, look at here, something's got to give. This thing's too heavy for you. You've got to understand how to maintain strength. So let's look at this this morning. I'm trying to hurry. 22 minutes. It's all I've been preaching. I'm going to skip over a bunch of it just to get to the points. First of all, I want you to look at this morning what to do in order to maintain strength. I want you to see, number one, you must be willing to learn. You ever met know it alls in church? I don't care if you're 90 years old, been living 764 years. That, that math was really good, wasn't it? 
90 years old, been living 764 years. Hello? Read the Bible through 70,000 times? Makes me no difference at all. And it makes God no difference at all. I don't care if you've been pastoring. That pastor's been pastoring 50 years. Guess what? Any pastor worth his salt will tell you he is still learning. When you reach the place that you've got her all figured out, you're fixing to lose every ounce of your strength. Because then this thing becomes about you and not about God. Let me show you what I mean. Look in verse number 20. Exodus 18 verse 20. The Bible, now Jethro's telling him, he's giving him the plan how not to wear away, how to maintain the strength, how to go on, not quit, how to bear a heavy burden. Verse number 20. He said, thou shalt teach them ordinances and laws and shalt show them the way wherein they must walk and the work that they must do. So you must be willing to learn. Can I say my job can I tell you the, the job of the pastor? Everybody's got it all misunderstood. Well, the job of the pastor is to every time I stay home with the sniffles, he's got to come knock on my door and tell me he missed me, how much he loved me, and that he wished I was there. That's not my job. And I, I ain't never done it, and I don't plan on starting to do it. That's called babysitting. Help me, somebody. Uh, it's not the job of the pastor uh, to go around and play referee all the time, having to sort everybody out and kill one another in church. That ain't the job of the pastor. It ain't the job of the pastor uh, to make 6,070 visits a year and I'll do them when I can and when you ask me. But it's not the job of the pastor. You know the job of the pastor, verse number 20. Thou shalt teach them ordinances and laws. Did you know that the job of the pastor is to teach and to preach the Word of God? To be, to be given to study and given to prayer. That's why God ordained deacons through the apostles. They they, 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 they was wanting them to wait tables and they said look here if you want me to preach three times a week and have something to say and be full of God not full of Google help somebody help me somebody to be full of God and not full of Google I've got to have time to study I've got to have time to pray I can't run and meet everybody's needs study and pray so the Bible said they ordained deacons you know what a deacon is it's a glorified table waiter it's not the boss come on somebody it's not the one in charge of everything. It's not the one that says what the pastor is allowed and is not allowed or what the members are allowed and are not allowed. It's not the one every time the preacher steps on his toes he makes a motion to vote him out. Somebody help me. We're in the mountains and that's how it's been for years but that's not the job of the deacon. The job of the deacon according to the word serve the church and to serve the pastor. He's the number one servant in the church to meet the needs when the pastor can't to go visit or take care of it. That's the job. Can I say it's my obligation, my call, my commission, my duty, my obligation, and my honor, privilege, and joy to tell you what's in this book. Did you know that the word of God is made manifest through and by preaching. Did you know without a preacher you can't be saved? How shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach? Unless they be sent. I don't have a PhD or a college degree. But as a 19 year old boy, God the Holy Ghost called and sent me to preach the gospel of the Lord Jesus to teach 
teach, admonish, and persuade the hearts of men to submit themselves to the word of God. And if I'm going to do my part, you've got to do yours. You've got to be willing to learn. You don't know what makes a church weak, crumble, frail, fall apart, and they close the doors when people stop being willing to learn. Hello? Well, that's the way we've done it all them years. Don't matter. Be willing to learn something. Tradition has put a cold kiss of death on more churches than just about anything. Well, Brother Josh... We didn't have regular church service on Wednesday. When I was growing up, we just had old-fashioned prayer meeting. We have them too when the Lord bids us to. But sometimes He wants me to come in here and peel everything back and just hammer and preach for a little while. Amen. There been several of y'all got saved on a Wednesday night. Amen. I'm telling you, tradition... Boy, God ain't been interested in traditions of men. He wants us to be willing to learn something. Did you know you can learn something every day if you want to? Hello? Did any of y'all learn anything this past week? Well, I did. I learned some things. I learned some things God was telling me to do I had never done in a meeting before. And I did what He told me and learned. That's how you're supposed to do that. Come on. I'm learning. You're learning. And I'm learning. We're learning. Hello. I mean, April's just going to make eight years, folks. We're learning. Isn't it amazing what God's done in eight years? But you should have been here with me, Sister Annette, Amy, and Mom and Dad. Help me somebody. Brother Dave, back in the early days, eight years ago. My God, I'm amazed I had four show up. That's the truth. I mean, I've learned a thing or two. And guess what? In ten years, I'm going to look back on today and say, I can't believe 50 y'all came. Hello? I'm going to learn some things. You've got to be willing to learn. He told them in verse 20, teach them. How many of y'all know it does no good to be taught if you're not willing to learn? Secondly, not only in order to maintain strength must you be willing to learn, but secondly, you must be willing to lead. Look at verse 20 again. He said, teach them ordinances and laws, that's learning, and shall show them the way wherein they must walk. Now, here is the the willingness to lead. It's one thing to know it. It's another thing to do it. How many times throughout this book do you find that we're not only to be hearers of the word, but doers of of the word. That means you don't wait for somebody to step up. You step up. Did you know you don't have to have a title? You don't have to have your own Sunday school class. You don't have to have a church business card. You don't have to have a polo with your name on it to be a leader. Did you know every single one of you in some shape, form, or fashion, you're a leader? Did you know these little kids, teenagers, are watching you? And these little kids, littler kids are watching you. Young adults were being watched. Older adults were being watched. Paul dealt with that in the church of Corinth. He said, I, some y'all ought to be teaching. Some y'all ought to be in church leadership. And the reason you're not is because you're still being taught. 
Can I say it's time to put away childish things and to walk in the laws, the ordinances, and the statutes of the Word of God and lead by example? This philosophy of don't do as I uh, do, do as I say does not work. If you say one thing and do something else, those who follow you will do what you do. They will not do what you say. Hey, let that sink in. They'll do what you do. They will not do what you say. You must show them the way wherein they're supposed to walk. Verse 20. It said, Thou shalt show them the way wherein they must walk. I really wish my kids would have a better desire for church. They're watching you. They're watching you raise Cain and cuss all the way here. And fight and argue and bicker and slam doors. And kick the dog in the parking lot. Help me somebody. You don't know why they throw a fit when it's church time? They've been watching you throw a fit for years. Uh-oh. You didn't know at the camp meet we were going to get our toes stomped on, did you? Got news for you. I, I'm not here to evangelize this morning. Amen. I don't know why them kids give me such trouble come down here every night and camp meet. Well, they watched you grumble all week. I don't know why they throw a fit. I'm sorry, Brother Josh. You asked them to go over and help with that over in Fellowship Hall and clean that mess up. And boy, they just acted a fool. Well, it's because they watch how you act. Hello? I'm talking about leading by example. You, If we're going to maintain strength, listen. We can't have a bunch of a bunch of following. Don't know nothing. We've got to have some leaders in the church. Jethro's telling Moses, you're going to have to delegate some leadership, some decision making, some, 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 some of the workload to some leaders. And I look, I, I, just to be honest with you, I was so busy, I don't know who stuck around and who, who, who done everything that needed done this past week. But I know one thing, typically in every church, I don't care if they got 40 members or 400, there's a single few folks that do it all. I don't want that for this church. Right. Are, you li- are you listening to me? I want y'all to be bumping into each other. Because there's so many people trying to do something. I, I, I mean, I want, I want people's brooms hitting. Y'all with me? Ain't you? I mean, I want men running into each other in the parking lot, picking up the taking out the truck. I mean, I don't want it to just be five or ten, but I want our church to equally share the workload and lead by example. And there's coming a day, friend, when some of y'all that's doing all the work can't do it no more. And we're not going to have nobody to fill your shoes if we don't all lead by example. You want your kids to love church? You need to love church. At home. Everybody loves church when they're here. But when you get in that car and before you can get to the end of Fairston Road, that just drug on and on tonight. Y'all with me? You know what you're instilling in them youngins? Church is really not that important to you. Because if it was, you wouldn't be griping about it. 
You wouldn't be bickering about it. You wouldn't, you wouldn't be hateful that you were there too long. Yeah. Hello? Old Brother Soto's blessed. My God, he can't never shut up. If that's what you think, bless your heart, but you sure don't need to say it. Right. Right. Amen? Right. Yeah. Thirdly, and I'm moving on. Been preaching 30 minutes. Not only must you be willing to learn and be willing to leave, but you've got to be willing to labor. These kind of all go hand in hand. Look at verse 20. Thou shalt teach them the ordinances and laws, be willing to learn. Thou shalt show them the way wherein they must walk, be willing to leave. And the work. Does everybody see that? Did you know there's not one person here that does not have a job in the church? This title philosophy makes me want to gag. If I'm all queen, bless God, I want it put in the church newsletter that I'm the church custodian. What ails you? Hello? If I'm going to mow the grass, bless God, I'd appreciate it. Every, every blue moon, if you put my name in prayer letter, ask God to keep me safe. I don't have heat stroke out there. Y'all with me? Oh, yeah. I've given this illustration. I've done it up in Millsboro and ticked the whole church off. And I said, I know how some of you people operate. I'm going to wait and I'll get my recognition one way or another. How are you going to do that? Well, we've had a good service, folks. Looking forward to Wednesday night. We're fixing to pray and dismiss. Before we do, anybody got a word of testimony? Yep. I do, preacher. Both preacher. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Let's hear it, brother. Brother uh, Carl. Let's hear it, brother Carl. Well, I just want to thank the Lord. He's been good to me this week. Amen, brother. Yeah, it's, it's, this past weekend was uh, Fourth of July weekend, and I know all y'all was with your families and everything. Cooking out at the lake and all, and man, I'm so glad to see the picture on Facebook. I'm glad everybody had a safe weekend. Praise the Lord for that. But it's just me and the Lord down here pushing the pushing the lawnmower. Oh, preacher! I just want to thank God, even in even when you're all down by yourself down here at church, and God's always with me. And boy, it's just an honor and privilege to, to mow the grass, and I I sure do love you. Thank thank you, Lord, for the opportunity. Yep. This is what I told them. I know what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. I'm Carl. <laughs> I know what you're doing. Yeah. Brother, Pastor, yes, yes, Martha. It's a good name for a servant. Go ahead, Martha. I just want to say I love the Lord this morning. He's been so good to me. And boy, it was just, boy, it was such a privilege. I'm tired because. But can't be such a privilege, but I ain't tired because I, I was the last one here every night. Yep. But but God kept me safe, and I locked them doors up, and you know they did still can't let converters. And I was worried that me being an old lady down here by myself, that the thieves would have pulled in and, and, and surely I'm God would not just stop my Cadillac converter, but would not have gotten me. But the Lord paid so much close attention to me. And even though I was the last one here, I just bless his name that he's been so faithful this past weekend. And I know y'all got better than I did, but, but I just want to say thank the Lord. Amen. Amen. Martha. Y'all with me, ain't you? Yes, sir. But guys, I just want to thank the Lord for a good vacation Bible school. I mean, all the other teachers had helpers, but I had one too. It was the Holy Ghost. Yeah. Y'all with me, ain't you? Yes, sir. Labor for Him. Amen. Not for them. That's it. 
Here's the deal. I can shake your hand and say, thank you. I really appreciate that. And some things people have done, it's made me cry because it's just flooded my heart so much. And I've told them thank you and hug the best I can do, but it's all I do. Right. But, but the Lord is sitting in heaven. Ain't nobody seen me down here by myself locking up every night. Ain't nobody sees me out here killing copperheads and wrangling alligators in the summertime. Are y'all getting this? This ought to put a in somebody. I put a check in there for ten thousand dollars. Beacon, nobody anything. Thank you. One of these days, yes, we're going to stand before the one that matters. That's right. He's going to say, Caleb Rose, yes, Lord. Well done. Amen. Well done. Yeah. That's it. Well done. Well done, faithful servant. Amen. You don't think I go home at night, preach my heart out, and the devil say, you know, I said, you Yeah. He's got a record back. And he's right there all day. I'm telling you this morning, if we're going to maintain strength, we've got to labor, but don't labor in vain. Labor for the Lord. He's the one that's watching. He don't miss nothing. You're right. He don't miss, fellas, he don't miss one bag of trash you throw in that dumpster. Ladies, he don't miss one dish that you make. Hey, listen, I know, I know we's out some money. We's all out money. I see my grocery bill and I said, whoa, 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 from this past week. But God got a record of every dime that's been spent to bring somebody a plate of food after a church service. Every time you push a vacuum, he's writing her down. Every time you just show up and be faithful to sit in your pew and say, I can't do a whole lot, preacher, but I'm here. That ought to make somebody shout. He's got a record book. Must be willing to labor. Must be willing to live what you've been taught. Verse 21, I'm just going to hurry through these and be done. Verse 21, Moreover, thou shalt provide out of all the people able men, such as fear God, men of truth, hating covetousness, and place such over them to be rulers of thousands, rulers of hundreds, rulers of fifties, rulers of tens. Can I say that we've got to be willing to live what we've been taught? And fifthly, we, we, we must be willing to lead by example. In verse 21, he gives them rulers. Some are thousands, some are hundreds, some are fifties, and some are tens. Let me tell you what not to do. Listen right here. Well, he lets Brother Dax help him in adult Sunday school. I've been to his church for six and a half years. Brother Dax has only been here for two. You know what you're doing? You're saying, I'm only a ruler over tens, and he's ruler over thousands, and that's not fair. Look here, folks. Don't miss this. I'm just going to mention this one part and we're going to move on. Look at verse 21 with me. Exodus 18, 21. Moreover, thou shalt provide out of all the people. Does everybody see that? He's got to delegate some leadership. Able men, such as fear God, men of truth, hating covetousness, 
and place such over them to be rulers over thousands, hundreds, fifties, tens. Does the ruler over ten get any breaks into what he's supposed to be, what kind of man he's supposed to be? So in other words, if you're only a ruler over ten or you're a ruler over a thousand, he still had to be an able man, a man that feared God, a man of truth, hating covetousness. In other words, he was on the same level spiritually as the one that only got ten as the one that got a thousand. This ain't a numbers game. Are you listening? This is not who's got the most power or prestige. No, 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 no. If God wants you to serve and, and to lead by example over what you and I consider to be the little things, it's still very large. Because He is requiring you to have the same attributes as the one who gets the big ministry. By the way, sick and tired of that, there's no big ministry and no little ministry. It's all big ministry. You realize Jesus would have died on that cross if only one of us in the whole world would have believed the gospel? Ain't you glad he wasn't interested in numbers? Just judging by the way it looks, the majority don't appreciate the cross. Come on, somebody. That might not help you, but it's helping me. The majority of people today don't want church like this. They want a 30-minute sitcom. They want a preacher, so-called, to stand up, tell them how good they are, how great life's going to be, how their children are going to fare well and prosper, and how they live in their sin and sing kumbaya. We all hold hands and we all go to heaven together. They want their flesh to be edified. And I know this is not popular, but neither was Jesus. I'm not preaching for numbers. Preaching for souls of men. God left me here 120 years like he didn't know and I never seen a convert. I wonder if I'd keep preaching. Well, I've only got three in my Sunday school class. Well, Jesus only had 11 in his. Oh, yeah, 12. No, one of them was devil. He had 11. Help somebody. I mean, I've done everything. I've, I've labored so much, preacher. And the only thing I got is my kids. Welcome to Noah's life. <laughs> Welcome to Noah's life. He poured his heart into a ship and it had never rained. And guess what? The only thing he saved was his family. Can I say this? If nobody ever gets a hold of God, but your family, it's worth serving God for. That's right. Will the circle be unbroken? In my case, I sure hope not. I've got one of my kids has been saved. The other two's too young. Elijah's getting real close. He's already starting to ask questions. I'm believing God's going to save Elijah and God's going to save little Emma. Looking at her daddy. Hey, pretty girl. Looking at her daddy. And we got another little girl in the way that's unnamed until probably the day of birth. God's going to save her too. Amen. I would say to the rest of my kids, I ain't have no more kids. Please, unto God. I don't want no more kids. <laughs> it's worth laboring for. Verse 22. Y'all okay, ain't you? I ain't getting to preach tonight, so you can give me an extra 15 minutes. Look at verse 22. I'm about done, though. 
The Bible said in Exodus 18, 22, And let them judge the people at all seasons, and it shall be that every great matter they shall bring unto thee, but every small matter they shall judge. So shall it be easier for thyself, and they shall bear the burden with thee. So we're going to look at Israel as a, as a type and a picture of a church. Moses type and picture of the pastor. Jethro's saying, look at here, if they don't come to you over everything, that's what we started out reading. Right. They came to him in the morning. They came in the evening. If they wanted to hear from God, they came to him. It's not the way it's supposed to work. Man. And now we're dealing with issues. Can I say, if you're going to remain strong and maintain the strength of our church, is going to stay strong, you must be willing to help carry the load. What does that mean? Two things. A, keep small things silent. Some of y'all need to learn this lesson. Hello. Small issues, keep them quiet. What do you mean? Look in verse 22. He said, every great matter they shall bring unto thee, Moses, the man of God, every great matter. But every small matter they shall judge. Yeah. In other words, they figured out, keep the small issues silent. Look here now. Some of y'all need to hear this. And the big issues, you need to talk about them? Okay. But keep them secret. Yeah. Amen. That's between you and Moses. I ain't making this up. Read the book. Amen. Keep the small things, judge them yourself. The great things take to Moses, not other church members. Amen. Not social media. Amen. Some of y'all's Facebook posts, boy, if I could permanently delete your account, I would. <laughs> Like everybody in the Blessed Fire Church don't know you're talking about somebody in church. Right. I'm not so this story. I didn't say a word. Dummy. Yeah. Are you serious? You didn't sue your way for not support if you don't think we know what you're talking about. Yeah. Keep them on Facebook. Yeah. Quit going to everybody else in the church. Yeah. It's a great matter. Guess who you're supposed to come to me? What a joy. <laughs> Amen. And if it's not great, by the way, Brother Jeff, this is a real true fact, and it's a blessing. 99.9% .9 of your issues are not really that big. Yeah, you're right. Oh, yeah. It's really not. It just matters you through a different potential. Yeah. You didn't like something, you blew up and pounded about it like a four-year-old. Yeah. Hello? We all still here, ain't we? Yes, sir. You've endured this song, you might as well both let me enjoy the rest of the ride before fix it come down hill. Go, 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 go. Can I tell you most problems? Really, if you just leave them alone, yeah. just go away. Because they're not big. Yeah. And so and so. Always hugs me and fellowship. But they be nice on that. Help us, Lord. You come to me with that, I'm gonna be honest with you. Some of y'all think I'm very rude. Because I, I don't I do not pet your little baby puppies. For instance, I'll not name the name. I, the devil's really fight this was last night, and I'm not being mean, I'm just giving you an example. The devil's really fighting me trying to keep me from church tomorrow. 
You don't want to sit back? You'll be okay. Just come to church. That was so rude. No. I'm not going to have a 45 minute conversation with you begging you to come to church. You have to make your mind up. I'm going to church or you're not. Yeah, that's it. Y'all women, oh Lord, I know I'm the worst pastor of the year, ain't I? No, but I'm telling you, Sunday morning church is Saturday night season. Never let like trying to keep you home. You're trying to stay home. Amen. Yes, sir. Amen or old me. Yep. And that's what I said. That's what I said. Some of y'all have heard similar things. Yep. Why? Because it's not big problems. It's not big problems. Well, so-and-so got mad and left because uh, nobody was eating their dish over there. Hey, man, I, I'm not trying to be rude, but if you're going to pack up and leave because somebody got two, three more scoops somebody else's dish and they did yours, see you next time. Yeah. I'm not babysitting you. I'm not texting you and saying, oh, what can we do to make that better? Man. No. If you're that immature spiritually, go to the house. Yep. Boy, I'm, I'm making people mad today. Goes. But am I telling the truth or not? I'm telling you there's more to worry about than these little things. Keep it to yourself. You know, you know what you'll find out? You won't have to run to me nearly as often as you think you did. I'm done right here. If you'll be willing to learn, lead, labor, lead what you've been taught, lead by example, help carry the load. Here's what you'll do. Verse 23. I'm done. And if thou shalt do these things. Everybody see that? I've just given you the message from Jethro to Moses. If thou shalt do this thing and God command thee so, then thou shalt be able to what? And all this people shall also go to their place in peace. I'm closing my Bible because I'm done. If you'll do these things, you know what will happen? You'll last. If we will do these things, you know what will happen? 50 years from now, if the Lord Jesus don't rapture the bride, this church will be going on. It'll be doctrinally sound. Everything will be fine. It'll be as strong as it's ever been and stronger than it's ever been. We'll last if we'll do what we've been told to do this morning. You want to know why most churches cease to last? Because they cease to do anything. That Jethro told Moses, if y'all are going to make it and not wear away, this is what you've got to do. Yeah. You've got to be willing to learn, lead. You've got to be willing, you've got to be willing to let go of some things. I didn't preach that, but hello? Yes, sir. So and so blew up and called you a name. Let that be on them. Y'all yeah. with me? Yes, yeah. We got to get over this stuff. When people's being silly, just look at them and say, Man, that was goofy. And go on. Get your Bible. Get your purse, your wallet, your suit, your dress, your, your fishing shirt, whatever you got. Your flannel. I like flannels, bless God. Amen. And your overalls. Fire up your truck, your car, your SUV, your sedan, your minivan, your church van, whatever you got. Your horse, kick it in the rear. And get down to the house of God. And as soon as we say 346, I know, I know my name is there. Have a Holy Ghost meltdown. 
and enjoy the fire that you're enjoy the fire that you're in the house of God, not in jail, the grave, or in hell somewhere. Amen. And just enjoy being a Christian in these last few moments of the race. Let's all stand, Brother Chris. Come, Father, we love you.